Welcome to the Back to Basketball Podcast. Athletes, experts, trainers, and mindset coaches. Conversations that will change your perspective on your mind and body and its capabilities so that you can train and live pain-free and with purpose. Now, here's your host, Darcy Koss. Today on the podcast, we have John Wade June. John has been a stuntman for over seven years now. He's a strength and conditioning coach, and he has a background in martial arts and gymnastics. John has written ebooks on how to do a handstand as well as a muscle up. He has also developed an environmentally safe cleaner for pads and gloves. John and I discuss his transition into the stuntman world, things people get wrong in the training and health world, self-care practices to keep you grounded, as well as advice for people who are struggling staying consistent with their workout and training. Remember to like, rate, subscribe, and write a review on the podcast, as well as follow us on social media. Okay, here's my interview with John Wei Jun. All right, so today we have John Wei Jun. Welcome, John, to the Back to Basketball podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you doing this uh, so much. Um, now, offline, we were having a small discussion before we went live about, you know, interesting people. And I was explaining to you uh, that, you know, for me, I can find anyone to be interesting, but you definitely have a, a, a unique life in, in the sense that what you, some of the things that you've done day to day, or even some of the things that you've done to pay the bills uh, is much different than I would say the average person. So really excited to have you on for that. So now I was talking to somebody, um, well, who we won't say their name, uh, we both know him, and he was telling me that you were or you are a stuntman. Is that true? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, um, that's why I'm moving to Vancouver is pursuing that dream. So I've been at this for, I guess, six years now. So like I've done everything that I could within Winnipeg and I feel like yeah, I, I, I can't grow here um, uh-huh. in that career. So I put it down for a little while, uh, focused on my coaching career. And um, now it's kind of like that time where I can still do both, but it's going to allow me to do that better in Vancouver. Awesome. So you're making that move coming out West. Mm-hmm. That's yes, awesome. Yes, sir. That's great. So we'll, we'll, be, we'll be close to each other. So that, that's, that's cool because I plan on hitting you up with some stuff later on. We won't get oh, into absolutely. it right now, but there's uh, 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 I'm, I'm trying to master something that uh, John is very, very good at. And he's, and he's I'm good at coaching so. it. I don't know if I'm good yeah. anymore. I haven't done it in a while, but I'm going to get back. So <laughs> yeah, so, so we're talking about handstands and uh, I'm sure you could do it uh, and make me look silly, uh, even though you haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> I don't know. Yours is looking pretty good, man. Like from my seat, the huge, there's huge growth. And like usually that that shoulder closing and the T-spine thing, uh, which I talked about, like you just jumped, took the information and just went with it. And then I saw like one week later and the line just went from like here to this. And I yeah, was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, I focused a b- big time on that. But, uh, but anyways, that's a story for another day. I wanted to ask you more about the stunt stuff. So can you tell me the story of how that even happened like how did you even get oh. into being a stuntman <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay uh okay i'm gonna try to keep it short it's kind of a long-winded <laughs> story um i basically i was at um crossroads in my life i i hated my job i was working in like a nine-to-five government job and um i got out of uh, a serious relationship i had like 
uh, a house and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just looked at, you know, our, everything around me and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> live like this. Like, what do I, how do I, like, what do I do? Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the main thing that was consistent in my life was always martial arts and training. So I love that so much. And um, I'm like, how do I make a career out of this? So uh, my roommate, who's also my really good friend, uh, Jim Agapito is uh, in film and it kind of like just, you know, we talked about film and like, it, it, was, it was something it, I was interested in, but I'm not sure like how to go about it. So mm -hmm. the most logical thing was seemed to be like stunt work. So, and I remember actually as a kid, we would like watch Jackie Chan movies and just <laughs> redo the moves and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that's just us having fun. Right. So kind of forgot about that. And then just like, well, maybe this is a legitimate career. So from there, I did a lot of independent work um, with local filmmakers. And of course my, my own like martial arts crew, we just all trained together. And then we started doing stuff for uh, independent films and um, uh, where we choreograph uh, uh, the, the fight scenes incorporating mm -hmm. a lot of people and sometimes oftentimes we would train the actors or um, whoever needs training right okay. so and then so it's kind of like a learn as you go kind of thing and then um, I went to LA for a film festival and met some like like so I met Kim Kahana who's like a godfather of stunts in the in the U.S., so he was the first Asian American stunt person in okay. in the state. Uh, recognize recognize uh, like uh, back in when westerns were like a thing. Mm -hmm. So um, we met kind of like in the elevator by accident, and I because I saw him uh, get this award for like um for I don't know some, some some award for like you know his contributions and stuff like that, and I was like holy shit, you're Kim Kahana like and then. <laughs> And then he's like, we saw you because of your hair. Like they saw me like walking around the, in the, the dinner place and like, we were looking for you. Right. And I was like, no way. Right. I'm like, wow. I'm just some, somebody from Winnipeg. Right. Yeah. So we, we talked and we hit it off. And then he said, uh, I want you to come train with me in, in my, um, in my home. Like, so his home is like this come huge on. acreage in Florida in the swamp, in the middle of like the swamp. And yeah. And then like, he has like high fall towers, you know, like a whole dojo kind of thing. I mean, seen better days. It's like, this is like really old school, like stuff. Yeah. stuff. So like, um, so I learned how to repel high fall. Um, uh, what else, what else did we do? I got set on fire once. Um, uh, learn a bit, learn a bit about firearms on set and stuff like that. And just mm -hmm. and stuff about the business as well. Mm -hmm. So and I've been there twice already. So, um, and I feel like that was even just scratching the surface. So mm -hmm. even with all the experience of doing all the training, um, trans translating from martial arts to film fighting, totally different thing. Um, uh, and then doing all the independent work and then going to stunt, a stunt school. By the way, there's no, there's no certification to be a stunt person. Like it's, okay. it's like, you learn the skills and whether or not you're confident and safe enough to do the job. And it's like, so dynamic. You can, there's so many different aspects to stunts. Like some people specialize with horses, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. motocross, high falls, um, you know, just any, anything that's like pretty dangerous. <laughs> you can, yeah. um, uh, you can specialize in it. 
right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of have like a beat bachelor's, like a like maybe 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 first or two years, maybe I don't know. <laughs> like there, there's so much to learn, right? So, so what's your specialty, John? Are you more of like, again, fighting, I guess would be it? Like, taking yeah, hits I would, and stuff like I would that? say, I would say still general, but mostly like film fighting, okay. um, film fighting, choreographing, um, some, I have some ability with the camera. Cause you kind of like, if you understand movement, you understand where, uh, it looks best. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, so I would say. I'm fairly confident with falls, two stories, three stories is where three and a half stories is where the highest I've gone off of. And that's where that's a lot of people's like, you know, threshold or that's yeah. where that kind of gets freaky. But then you, I think the more you do it, the, yeah. the easier it is, but you have to do it a lot. Like, so For there's sure. a lot of practice. Right? For sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. So you actually, um, one of the, the legends, I guess, in the game, you actually, went and trained now was that like a a course where he invited certain people was it like a one-on-one is it like what what was that it was me and like two other people so he only invites um yeah who he who he wants right okay um so it was a again it was by accident and by luck i guess being the right place right time yeah yeah but i think that happened through consistent work right Mm -hmm. and then taking i almost actually i almost didn't go to that dinner Cause it was like 200 American to go to this dinner yeah. um, to, to do this award ceremony. And I was like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like you go there in the network and I'm just like, yeah, uh, do I want to go? I'm just like, but I've came all this way. So fine. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad I did. So it's like, again, there was that pivotal moment where I almost didn't mm-hmm. go. If I didn't go, he wouldn't have seen me Yeah. and we wouldn't have, well, maybe we would have still run into each other in, in the, uh, in the elevator, but he wouldn't have recognized me. Yeah. So, that's wild. Hey, it's wild when I love when you can step away and look back at the things, decisions you made and then the way they turned out. That's pretty cool. And especially like big things like that, like that's, if you don't meet him, you don't go to that thing, likelihood of you going down that route. Uh, and I mean, obviously meeting him, but just going down that road and getting that opportunity would be very limited. I mean, mm-hmm. might not have happened at all. Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Uh- I also met some other really uh, awesome people. John Crane is a great stunt coordinator. He wrote like pretty much like film fighting Bible. Um, oh, okay. That, that, that book is, I don't think it's a long, longer in print, but like um, it's funny when you meet people in the, in this industry uh, and they're genuine people and they like want to help you. It's like, you really take that as like, you know, just I don't know just be really grateful for it mm-hmm. because you know like film is a very there's a lot of desperation in film there's a lot of people who yeah. are chasing there's a lot of people who are trying you know maybe how I put this nicely like just not in your best interest sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so when there's genuine people that you meet uh Kevin Rigo is another guy that amazingly awesome guy just um has always been supportive of my journey and uh yeah. And of course my original team, I have to like, you know, just like, um, Sonny Asin, amazing martial artist. Like that's actually, you should interview Sonny Asin next. <laughs> he's Asin? Uh, he's okay. an amazing martial artist, just unbelievably talented. Um, and he just does good things like just amazing. So, um, of course my, one of my other best friends, uh, Mark Agapito, um, my first, one of my first Wushu coaches and stuff like that. So, but yeah, like it's, 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 
Stunts is like this secret ninja organization that nobody knows how to get into, but you just somehow get into. And everybody gets in, when I say in, like, is when you start working, you start getting paid. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a union to work on a union gig, but you can't get in the union. You can't get into a union gig unless you're union. So it's like yeah, one yeah. of those things, it's like invite only or yeah. they, someone specifically choose, I want this guy. Right. Makes sense. That makes sense. What's well, interesting. I mean, that's like a whole world. And um, I'm sure we could probably talk about that for the entire podcast. Cause I actually have a ton oh, of yeah. questions and I'm like, okay, I got some, I got some focus here. Um, okay, I kind of want to shift. I want to shift a little bit. Um, now, I guess you mentioned, you know, you're a strength coach as well. And uh, mm-hmm. so you, you, you've done that and you're doing that right now. Um, so I actually have a quote here that I want to read. And uh, this is, this is, I'm quoting you. Uh, I have a question to follow up that, right? So the quote goes like this, destroying the old, rebuild new, improving your movement quality, flexibility, end range, strength, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. So the question I have based off of that quote is, what do people usually not understand or get wrong about training and overall health in your opinion? I think, okay, there's a lot here. Uh, I think there's a lot of, underrated things like sleep is one of them people underrate sleep all the time they're trained really hard they go balls to the wall all the time but they sleep like five six hours a night and it's not even good sleep they're just like constantly they're they're in a form of probably anxiety that they don't they won't admit to because like there's like i have to keep going i have to keep going uh and it's you know in the industry it's like you know it's very this like hard work hard work yes mm-hmm. we all know it like we get it right but mm-hmm. i think it's it's a lie in some ways because they're not it's not talking about the actual recovery portion mm-hmm. right so it's like you have to grind yourself to the ground but then no one asks like does this yield the result that you want mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so and there's numerous studies on like how sleep uh, you know, improves like for men, like testosterone, or even just like ho- better hormone balance, recovery, mm-hmm. brain recovery, you're just going to make better decisions. Um, you're gonna be less likely to get injured if you're sleeping properly. Uh, and yeah, so that's kind of like, that's, that's, that's one aspect. And then um, flexibility training. So uh, people's most people's notion of flexibility training is like these static stretches, right, mm-hmm. which does have its place, right. But like training your end range, right? Moving under load uh, into the uh, range of motion that allows you to build strength in that area because like, you don't, you know, put it, it's like same, same training principles that like, um, you know, progressive overload, you you add, you, you train it, right? So if you don't, if you don't, then it's not going to yield the adaptation because it's not being stressed enough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I think the, the, it's, it's, it's interesting because um, uh, this one comes up often. I think it's something that more and more people are becoming more aware of is the, the impact of sleep uh, mm-hmm. in both a positive sense and then a negative sense if you don't get it. Um, and, I, and that's, uh, again, like you said, whether that be for recovery, whether that be for uh, injury prevention, whether that be for performance whether that be for focus, it doesn't matter what it is in your life. I think mm. sleep is likely the most important thing. And I think some people I've even heard, I'm curious what you think about this. I've even heard that like, like diet is up there, but like sleep trumps it. Is that true? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's always context to everything. Everything's like a little nuanced, right? For so, sure. like, there's there's actually a lot of uh, correlation between the lack uh, sleep and coronary health, right? Mm. So, uh, I've had um, clients where their blood pressure is extremely high. They're not getting good sleep, but it's their jobs that are actually stressing them out like crazy. So their resting heart rate is low, like it's unreal, like they're healthy that regard. So the left ventricle is really strong, mm-hmm. but um, their blood pressure gets super high. And it's like, to the mm-hmm. point where it's like the doctors are concerned. And then, you know, it's funny, uh, the, like COVID happens and then they're actually like, ha- they either have reduced work or they, they're, they're working from home and they're able to actually like sleep better. Yeah. And then their blood pressure goes back to normal, mm-hmm. right? So. So there's a lot to be said if this, if that's, you know, stress is, yeah. So stress, lifestyle stress. So not mm-hmm. just the stress that you apply physically, but your emotional stress, your work stress, um, how you handle things, right? Um, those are all contributing factors to, well, it's definitely going to affect your athletic performance because you're in that sympathetic state constantly, that fight or flight, and you actually never transition from to that parasympathetic state where you're trying, where your body's recovering. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so if you imagine like i don't know if you ever worked out really hard then you hop in your car and your heart's still going that's what a lot of people are doing mm-hmm. um whether or not they work out or not they're like they're still like you know yeah. part of it is the job part of it is not having good self-care i think part of it is also like a system uh, like you know a system of like um grind culture you know mm-hmm. trying to have people like always productive always doing this uh so they can produce something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a that's a i think that's a big challenge in our culture right now and i think i think uh it's a it's a big reason as to why like you said people have anxiety and stress is is really very much um i think what you tried to get away from if i'm not mistaken is you know you didn't like your job i want to get out of this and you said look i want to do something that i actually enjoy doing day to day um and i think you know, it's not that everyone can do that because if everyone stepped away from their job, then our society would fall apart. However, people can do things um, that bring them that peace and that, you know, so quote unquote, de-stress them and start them down a path to, you know, maybe establishing some things in their life that bring them balance, you know, so a little bit of stress is fine, I guess, like you said, but you need to, you know, in, in, the, in the case of a workout, uh, you need to actually, you know, cool down, you need to recover, you need to sleep. And those things all have to be done efficiently uh, for that balance to take place. And I think, like you said, it's, that's something that's just missing. Uh, or I should say, it's something that um, our society as it stands uh, doesn't really allow room for, or it doesn't preach or it doesn't, um, doesn't teach us uh, that. We have to learn it ourselves. And a lot of people don't, unfortunately. So mm, it's, yeah. it's definitely very undervalued, but what I've found is, so, um, I use the, the, the Morpheus, uh, recovery band. Mm-hmm. So I use that for tracking my performance, um, sleep HRV scores. So there's definitely a direct correlation between resting heart rate and how much sleep you get at least. And I know for like, for myself, even after I start tracking, I can, I know exactly when my heart rate's going to spike, mm-hmm. uh, based on how much sleep I get. Mm-hmm. So, and that also reflects into my HRV and my um uh and my total recovery score that they use so it's like most people don't have any tracking software right and but yeah. every company tracks it differently so it just depends on what metrics they use mm-hmm. but let's say they're not right they're going by feeling alone so their baseline is so low that they think that's normal 
mm-hmm. right? And they mm-hmm. never understand what it feels like to be optimal or feeling even just good, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're in a constant state of like, this is normal, but feeling like shit is not normal. And the reason why I say this, because I was definitely the type of person that, you know, I, you know, it's a very underdog style of training. You just grind and you just go as hard mm-hmm. as you can. But it's also lazy in some ways, because it's just like, you're not nuanced, you're not, you know, um, you're not trying to think about like how specific goals, right? Um, you just chase a feeling. Yeah, right? yeah. Versus actual metrics. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I wanted to kind of like, you know, I had a question lined up here and I think I'm going to transition right to something else because you, you, you know, we're kind of going down this, this um, path of, uh, you know, looking at, the body, you know, from a holistic standpoint, you know, we're not just looking at training. We're not just looking at, you know, performance outputs. We're looking at, you know, the, the human and, you know, we've talked about stress levels and sleep and all sorts of stuff, resting heart rate. So I'm going to actually give you another quote of yours and I'm going to ask you a question. So this one was really good, man. This one uh, is, is really like this. So it starts like this. And I hope you still feel this way. I mean, this, this is a little bit of an older quote. So it goes like this. Okay. Self-care is an act of resistance. We live in a society that dictates your value uh, on what you produce, curate, or public perception. The noise of too many opinions and shoulds and coulds, uh, sorry, uh, opinions and shoulds clouds your mind with doubt and uncertainty of what is truly important. It is, it is easy to bury yourself in familiar discomfort until it's too late or you never realize it. So it's essentially what we were just talking about in in so many words. (laughs) So the question I have um, is a personal one. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your self-care practices that keep you balanced, grounded, and in touch with reality? Shit, man. Like I just learned about this this year, man. So that's why I I think at that time when I wrote it was I was just understanding like the different types of self-care. So like, because like, you know, it's, uh, mental health is now popular, which is great because mm-hmm. it's now not as stigmatized as it was back in like, you know, the nineties and eighties and stuff like that. And like early two thousands even. Um, so there's, um, you know, physical self-care, spiritual self-care, finance. I, 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 I forget all of them, but like I, or practical, practical, ah, practical self-care, which include finances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, emotional self-care. Um, and then, there's one that I always forget the sixth one, but it's in, it's in my, it's in my post somewhere. Mm-hmm. But so let, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the spiritual one. Cause it's the most weirdest. And like, you know, it's like, it's the esoteric one where people think it's like woo and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So how I define spirituality is whatever allows you to connect to something greater than yourself. Right. So for some, uh, for me, it's been like a lot of nature, nature walks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, or, or thinking about like, how do I want to impact the world? How do I want to help other people, right? Without taking so much from myself. So essentially, but I have to take care of myself. So there's been a lot of like spiritual insight of like rediscovering of who I am mm-hmm. outside of the influence of, again, like, as I said in my quote, shoulds, coulds, what, what uh, society di- dictates is like, what does it mean to be successful, mm-hmm. right? So it's been a lot of inward thinking. So, and sometimes you find out who you are as you go back in the past. So, and it's funny as I'm 
packing to go to Vancouver and unpacking things, I'm going through so many different things. I'm looking, I have my old iPhone, iPod <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm looking at this. This was like, you know, 2010. And then now I'm looking at my new phone right now. You can mm. see the growth between just this like electronic item, but you mm. rarely look at the growth of within yourself. Right. Yeah. So I looked at, I, I remember, I remember how I was, you know, it's like really reactive, really angry and just like um, chasing always in this chasing state. So um, I want this, I want the, the career, I want the, the, the money and like all this, all this stuff. And you never get there because again, it's, I, th I feel like it's a form of anxiety or the, the, the thought process is anxiety inducing because you never reach that goalpost because mm -hmm. you keep setting that goalpost further, right? So, so I, think, I think a lot of it is like asking a lot of, what do you want out of life? How do you want to spend your time uh, on the limited time that you have on earth? So if you think about your mortality really quickly, like, so jumping off a building makes you do that. <laughs> so that's, uh, maybe, maybe that's why I like stunts so much because it just makes you, forces you to be present yeah. so hard. Um, uh, so having, having known that, having known how much time I've wasted, how much time I've never took, so I never took care of myself as in, didn't prioritize sleep just on the mm -hmm. physical level. Didn't, I, I, boundaries too. I let too many people take advantage of my work um, cause I would always be like, oh yeah, man, I got you. I can do this. You know, you, if you're just mm -hmm. naturally caregiving, you, you just do things for people and then, but you don't do it for yourself for some reason. So, mm -hmm. um, so me rediscovering, okay, I need, I, I notice what gives me energy and what takes away energy from me. So, and how do I recharge? So how do you plug in and recharge your battery is one of those things. So for mm -hmm. me, it's just, sometimes it's just doing absolutely nothing, allowing myself to bird walk might be Netflix, mm -hmm. it might just be organizing things. It might, and it's hard for me still. I'm like the type of person that has to go, 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 right? Mm. So it's a really, I have to write it down, like play video games, do nothing, right? Go mm -hmm. for a walk, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so that, that pra it's still a practice. I call it a practice. It's not like self-care is like skincare routines and all that stuff. I mean, it's part of it. I mean, physical self-care is like mm -hmm. part of that. Mm -hmm. You can do it if it, if it grounds you, if it helps you, um, be present and it helps you, uh, you know, just unplug for a second. Cause some, sometimes you, you, you know, you're in the creative space to like, you work on something, you can't just force it. You hit a, you hit a wall mm -hmm. and then sometimes you just need to let your brain just work it out in the back. So, um, I think that's what that, all that is, is just like allowing you, you hit your, you know, point where you're, you're, you know, that's it for the, for the time being. Mm -hmm. And, but you let go of it because it's not defining who you are, uh, your value as a person. Yeah. I think, I think when we're trying to produce something, we're just like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, otherwise I'm a failure or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? So, so it's sure. just like, you know what? It's like, you know, if you want something, you almost have to let it go at the same time. So it's mm -hmm. like this, mm -hmm. this, uh, yeah. So that, that's like, you know, most of my life has been that chase state as I'm going back to that. I, I'm, yeah. bird, I'm bird walking right now. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully people can follow where I'm going because, but I have the tendency to do this. Um, like it's like a Quentin Tarantino. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. Yeah. You're all over the place. <laughs> that's, that's okay though. I think that's um, you're, you're saying a lot of good stuff, I guess. Um, so in, in keeping yourself grounded in doing all those things that you said, are there any like 
um, you had mentioned that you uh, write stuff down. So to make sure that you actually do the thing. So are, are you a, a journaler? Are you a meditator? Are you, do you just read a bunch? Uh, um, you know, you practice, you know, mindfulness, what, like, what, what kind of literal things could do you do that uh, lead directly to uh, you, you know, being balanced and grounded? Have traditional training methods left you in pain and injured after working out or playing sports? Are you lacking clear guidance or you find that personal training is too expensive? If so, Alliance Athletics is exactly what you've been looking for. Alliance Athletics is an online training platform. Their team of coaches assess every client and coach your form after every workout to ensure you're getting the best results possible. They have helped hundreds of people live pain-free after years of suffering, as well as transform the bodies of people of all ages, sports, and walks of life. You can learn more about their training methods, success stories, and programming on their Instagram at alliance underscore athletics underscore or their website at alliance-athletics.com. And right now we have a special promotion for 50% off the first month of training with Alliance Athletics. Visit the link in the show notes to access your discount now. Right. Um, so I'm the type of person I have to write things down. Otherwise I will just nonstop focus on one thing or like a couple <laughs> things yeah. and just like never stop. Right. So I have to, I have to set start and stop times. Right. I has to, otherwise wow. I just will keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know for me, my training, actually there was a point where I, I couldn't really train all last year. Right. Uh, okay. to, sorry, 2019. Cause I had double elbow surgery. Okay. Um, uh, so I know for me that I feel so much better training, but, uh, if, but before, I think for uh, when I started making stunts my career, now training became a job and mm -hmm. that took the fun out of it. And I forgot to have fun yeah. with training. Yeah. So I think that's really important. So I feel better after training. I feel less anxious. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just who I am. So it's now it's a non-negotiable, mm -hmm. but now it's come full circle back to, and this is going back to where I was rediscovering my old self. Is like, why did I start training in the first place? It was fun. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, if you operate from a place of fun and love, I feel like you will produce better things. You'll perform better versus mm -hmm. uh, like, I, I mean, I think anger, I say, I think there's a difference. There's anger and then there's aggression. There's controlled mm -hmm. aggression. It's because we're talking about combat sports. Like you can use it, but if it's the sole source of your fuel, it, I don't think it's going to be a longer lasting thing. And then it becomes anxiety. True. 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 Yeah. I agree with you, man. 100% on that. Um, so you had mentioned fun and training. So I'm going to bring you back to your, your gymnastics days. Um, and I look back and I see, you know, you know, even now, I mean, you're, you still have, especially by the average person's uh, <laughs> metric, a lot some great strength, uh, great structural balance, great flexibility. But like, you know, obviously gymnasts are, you know, bendy, but super strong. Uh, they can do all sorts of stuff, handstands and all, all sorts of crazy things. So I'm curious now you're training, I know you train fighters and other athletes, what could traditional, you know, team sport athletes and, and, and trainers learn from gymnastics training that could improve performance? Like what are some key elements that gymnasts train with that maybe, you know, traditional five on five sports, we'll just say basketball in this case, some of the trainers there could take and implement that they probably usually don't that could improve performance. Barefoot training, 
100%. So gymnastics, you're always on your feet. So we're doing a lot of like aerobic plyometric stuff. So we're building elasticity, strength, and attendance. So it's a lot of like submaximal bouncing, right? Okay. That kind of stuff. Very athletic. And then the emphasis on, well, in gymnastics, the, the, the way they mo mostly train flexibility is not systematic and it's mostly based on genetic gifts. But um, if you're training it properly, I, I believe that it is, uh, can improve athletic performance as well. Like you just have to put the focus there, right? Uh, the other thing is like um, just overall uh, mind-body coordination. Because like in gymnastics, you have to know every control every part of your body. We're yelling, point your toes quite a bit, but it's not that just aesthetically looks appealing, but just so that, okay, when you're doing a handstand and all your mind is on your hands and your upper body, but your feet are like here, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, being able to separate your, not necessarily separate your mind, but divide your mind into both places on a basic handstand, right? Allows you to connect your body together, right? Mm. So the other thing I find the handstand is also a di can be a diagnostic tool. Because if the person has poor T-spine mobility and poor overhead flexibility, you're going to see it in the handstand, right? Mm -hmm. They have poor core mm -hmm. stability, you're going to see it in the handstand. Poor hip flexor strength, you're going to see it in the handstand. Mm -hmm. so, so you don't have to master the handstand, but like if I can put you in position and then you can get there, but if you can't, right, um, then it could be, I, I'll pretty much see right away, okay, it's like we need to work on your lats, T-spine rotation, 90% yeah. of that um, is, is, usually, is usually that. And then like how how... Um, stronger hip flexors because like you know just basic l-sits and stuff like that people are really weak through the l-sit um but it's not impossible to and then falling falling people don't know how to fall <laughs> so <laughs> so uh you can roll out or you can break fall right uh so I, I think that would prevent a lot of injuries as well as if you know how to fall right because absolutely most, man. you see the gym the only time you see gymnastics is in olympics you don't see it on a like recreational level or anything like that but the the transfer five-year-olds that train gymnastics even for like a season they take that to their whole entire athletic career mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. they pick it up just like that i've said adult gymnasts that train maybe once then they were five and they pick it up so quickly that priming is unreal yeah it's also not impossible to do it as an adult because i started at 25 so um it was just hard again hard work at a yeah. old school russian coach that just loved that <laughs> yeah, shit. yeah 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 he's just yeah. like he works so hard we love that right you know so like, <laughs> but had i known the stuff that i know now i would have definitely worked my t-spine my i uh, uh a lot more like a lot i was learning this as i was going in my gymnastics career okay so i was like how come i can't reach these positions right it's like hmm. and then and then i was like okay so it's t-spine stuff it's and so sometimes it's just you know you just have to you have to sometimes step back to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes mm -hmm. you do have to dedicate phases of your strength and conditioning. If you're strong already, maybe most of your uh, training should be building that end range strength. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned the T-spine. Now, how, yeah. how, I guess you'd say common, would you, would you say that T-spine, I guess, what are we saying? Is it, would it be weakness, mobility? I guess both. both. I don't know. You, yeah. yeah so, yeah. It's, 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 it's fairly common, right? And I'm not just talking about normal everyday people, which I assume it's very, very common, especially considering mm -hmm. the way that we're always sitting and stuff, but I'm talking mm -hmm. about even athletes. Yes. Is that not the thing that you see the most when you do an assessment, you see people come in, is that not the thing that like is consistent across the board where it's like they typically have weak ranges and strength in that area? The biggest things I find is an limited ankle range of motion and strength yep. and uh, mobility yep. and T-spine. 
Those yeah. are the, those are your big two. So like 80, 90% of my assessments, I'm going to see that quite a bit. So, um, and then, so, so if, if someone is, let's say they're doing overhead squat and they're doing a heavy lean forward, mm-hmm. right. Their T-spine ha- doesn't have the ability to go when they're in a locked lumbar position or any squat, it, res- it restricts the, um, the, the lats and all that stuff a lot more. So if you're unable to pro- uh, prop yourself up there in the squat position, then you're, you know, you have to flex forward, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if this is, if just, if it's just the arms coming down, then it's purely a lat restriction. I mean, there's more tests where you can isolate the lat, whether it's a true lat restriction or not. But uh, I find in terms of throwing sports um, uh, or even just like back pain, because mm-hmm. if you have, if you're so tight in your T-spine, the next lever is your low back, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the low back takes the brunt of, of it all. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so we're, yeah, so we're clear. The T-spine is like, the, can you just describe the area? Oh. So people that don't know. Oh yeah. Just, I like to keep it simple. Like it's just mid back to the base of your neck. Right? Okay. Perfect. Just there. Perfect. Yeah. Just there, perfect. Right? Perfect. And that's typically where people um, uh, slouch. Right. If yeah, you're well, on your phone, you're slouching that way. If you're sitting and you're not thing, sitting yeah. up, yeah. The rounded chest. I think that's a common area. What would be um, maybe some practical advice here for people who uh, you know sit, sit a lot and, and are likely like, I wonder if I have a weak T-spine. What are some things that they could do even without testing it, but just things they can do to just improve the mobility and strengthen that area? Oh man, okay. Um, I, over another, another underrated exercises are carries. Okay. So overhead carries for one. So if you can, if you can get straight into here, overhead yep. carry. Um, if you can't and your shoulders are flexing forward, then um, you may have to do a modified one where it's like a rack carry. Um, but if you, maybe you just need to focus on flexibility. So hanging is one of those hanging. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, now that's just allowing you to open and just like, you know, force yourself to stretch. Yeah. But, um, and then uh, if you want, you can do handstands too. But now the other thing is uh, rotation. T-spine rotation is just another form of flexion ext- and extension. So uh, flexion is going forward, extension is going back. Mm-hmm. Rotation is also a form of flexion and extension. So, so I like I'm seated right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I usually drive my elbow into my knee and I rotate. I grip my ribs here and I rotate up. I was probably doing a bunch of during this podcast already because it just feels good, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in a locked lumbar position. So my knees are here. So it ice makes, it doesn't allow my low back to be the one rotating. It forces mm, just the mm, T-spine. So this is probably the biggest you. hack that you can do. So from here, you want to make sure, not just you're throwing your arm back here, but you want to rotate. I grip here and I rotate, make sure I'm mm. uh, rotating through my T-spine through here. This goes through here. You'll probably get a bunch of nice cracks in here. And it's going through here, right? And then... Uh, the, and then the other way to do this as well is the, um, uh, I call it just T-spine extension over a bolster or a ball. Yeah. So you try to get into a squat position, support your feet against the wall, and then you're just going to, actually, I can even do it like on the couch here. And I'm just going to extend and really mm-hmm. focus on um, working the muscles in my mid-back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you should feel. You should feel in your mid-back muscles there, rhomboids, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And not, so, not that would not be in the lumbar. So you're, you're locked in your yeah. lumbar area. It's just your, your T-spine. That's yeah. moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to get some lumbar activation, but mm-hmm. you want to try to think about like, you want to feel that mid-back working here, the muscles popping out through Got there. It. So Got getting it. that strong, um, I, I believe is like the quickest way, the easy first step. And then you'll see the improvement in your overhead squat. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you're listening out right now, T-spine, it's, it's often neglected and it might be the reason why your back is sore because you're sitting and uh, it's not strong. So definitely check out some of those things, carries, overhead carries, try a handstand if you <laughs> would like. Yeah, there's lots of things. But again, I think people could even, um, you know, uh, if, if they're not watching video of this, you can uh, even check out YouTube. But I think the big the big message in that is to, to do not neglect the T-spine area. Uh, if you are someone who works out and you're like, I've never worked that out ever. I've never done anything. Well, then, you know, you should definitely, uh, definitely consider adding it to your, uh, to your routine. If you, if you're not, uh, aware of what we're talking about, cause that probably means you're neglecting it big time. <laughs> so and most so, sports are forward, right? Or it's forward motion. So yeah, yeah, rarely, yeah, that's true. We never go into extension or overhead rarely. So that is yeah. true. Yeah. It's everything is kind of like this way. Yeah. That's very, very true. You're always kind of like basketball. You're putting your shoulders forward out this way. I guess a little bit of basketball, you do get um, this. Oh, when lot. you reach, yeah, this. Yeah, so like I, I, I expect I expect uh, basketball players to have good lat flexibility if they're doing a lot of dunking, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but if you think about to. now, like now if they're going to, like getting that T-spine rotation when they're coming down for a windmill, right? Mm. Like being able to do that, right? Or even just yeah. when you're pivoting, right? I yeah. say this. Right. You don't want that through your low back. You want from the T-spine too. Yeah. 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 Together. That's true. That is true. Very true. So, so I, I guess, you know, kind of staying in that same realm, I'm curious, what are some, uh, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest things that limit people in achieving their training and fitness goals? So again, it could be anything. It could be them personally, perspectives. It can be society. Like what are the things you see people come in, they have all these goals what are some of the things that you see that are most common uh, that are limiting people in achieving their goals? Why do they just be fitness or, or actually mm. like training for performance? People chase um, optimization before basics. Mm. Mm. So they, they, and it's like a lot of like with social media, it's been good on one hand to promote like a lot of things, but there's so much information. Nobody has focused. Nobody knows what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. They think they, they see a snippet. This looks cool. This looks hard, <laughs> right? So I'm going to do it. Right. But that's not the bulk of the training. So if, when we're, when we're talking about strength and conditioning, especially for athletes, you want your strength and conditioning to be simple, effective, and make you stronger, build body armor, you know, and make you more resilient against your sport. Sport is inherently chaotic, right? There's so many dynamic movements. There's like risk of injury is high because again, there's other people involved sometimes. And then there's like, you know, there's in such a high volume, like, so if you're in a sport, but even if you're, if you're not an athlete, um, this is just building you, get you stronger for life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you, I think, there's a couple of ways that people miss out. Again, they're, they're, they're overemphasizing too much on like optimization or like, you know, um, you know, influencer training. Yeah. Yeah. Workouts, yeah. All that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. okay, but your ankles are trash. Like you can't <laughs> squat, you can't squat down because like your ankles are trash. Like, so it's just like, so, and then the, the, the assumption of like pain, constant pain, I'm just like, Okay. Like, I mean, I think, I think most of, I, I don't like associating myself with like fitness because it's just, it's so, it's a muddled word now. Mm -hmm. I think, I think everyone should train like an athlete. And when I say train like an athlete, it's like, again, building a stronger, more robust body, building better energy systems uh, to withstand the rigors of life or sport. So 
yeah. then going back to sleep, going back to sleep as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and simple, basic stuff. Okay, it's like, okay, what should I eat, right? So um, I think everyone should have a basic nutrition course on like, uh, so they can, you know, there's too many like fad diets when it's, you know, it's like, okay, is, is the food you're eating nutrient dense? Is it meeting your energy needs, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, uh, and uh, like, are you eating adequate protein and, and fiber? <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, and that's like the hardest thing to do. Like, so I usually try to, so usually, usually people attack too many things at once. Right. So I said, just pick behaviorally. If you're, if you're a general population and you just want to get healthy, you just, you should pick one thing to stay consistent with mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. and then add another thing later on. Athletes yeah. kind of do the same thing, but if they're more able to implement things, they just, they want it so bad that they, they'll do it. Yeah. Right. And if, they, and if they don't burn out and they're doing it sustainably, then it's possible. Right. So it just, it depends on how good you've set up your life, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back to that holistic, uh, yeah. holistic view of, uh, of your life and training. So, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfect way. Uh, I think kind of wrap it up. I'm going to ask you one last question. And I think it's going to allow you a chance to maybe for us to kind of wrap up the conversation, conclude things and kind of bring it to an end point. So people can be like, okay, I get it. I know I got the conversation they were talking about. Um, so the question is this, what three actions would you advise someone to take who is struggling with training and their well-being to start implementing into their lives to achieve outcomes that they desire? Now, that question could have been answered. So it could be anything we talked about already because we've already kind of been sleep. You mentioned diet, all these things. But what would you say is the top three of those actions that you would advise people to take that are struggling? So they started their training, they're struggling um but they but you know as i said in here there's three things they need to implement into their lives to achieve the outcomes they desire so what what would be your top three Mm. okay well first i think yeah i think i say the first one is get very specific on your goal like uncomfortably specific i think you can only choose you focus on one or two things in training program right so and then have a block. So that means like a period of time that you're going to focus on this and then gradually increase the demands every week, commit to it. So you have to promise yourself to it because you can't motivation is a weak fleeting emotion. Mm-hmm. You have to think about something bigger than yourself, something deeper. I mean, it could be simple as like, I just want this. Like, I just mm-hmm. want this bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so an example would be, I want my resting heart rate to be below 60. Right. So that's the primary going to be the focus of my training. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sleep, <laughs> yeah, sleep, yeah. like focusing on sleep. Um, there's, you know, I use sleep tracker. That's the app that I use. Um, and yeah, you have to, you almost have to get ruthless with it. Like it's in, in a way that like this, once you feel what it feels like to be, feel good, you will not compromise it as much. It's not expected to be perfect, but you guys start doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes into transitioning from sympathetic to parasympathetic. So, uh, I, am going to include this too, like box breathing is a very good exercise to, to get there. I include that in most of my, like all of my programs actually include some form of box breathing at the end of your training session. So that kind of goes to number one, too. <coughs> box okay. breathing okay. or for some form of meditation. Okay. Um, third one is, uh, time when I say, oh no, en- energy management, so, uh, not time. So like notice when 
uh, you where you where you have energy uh, and do the things that you need to do when you have energy and then monitor when you have like low energy and don't try not to force yourself to do something. I mean, there, there, there's a, you know, there's a nuance to it, right? But that being said, let's say the hardest thing is, you know, meal prep, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the more you can get that systematized, you're going to always choose convenience over, um, over anything, really. Mm -hmm. So if you've uh, meal prepped uh, all your food, right, or most of your food, you're, you know, more likely to choose that over, you know, when you're tired, that's when you make poor decisions. And mm -hmm. then this goes back to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you just want to create a system of convenience in your home. That's it. Be lazy in some ways, hard work, work hard to create that system of convenience mm -hmm. in, in, in your own home. That's how you're going to get the most of your training. I mean, like we're not all of us have personal chefs and stuff like that. I mean, if that means you're going to invest in a meal prep service, that yep. might be the thing to do. So, cause like, um, we have limited time, we have limited energy. So decide what you, how you're going to leverage your, your time. Right. So for me, I just meal prep on the weekends, right. That's what mm -hmm. I would do. So mm -hmm. like, and then, and then once you got that system going, it takes less work to maintain. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It always is. It's funny. This seems to come up. You kind of said it a little bit. Um, it's uh, you know, you kind of said you can be lazy at home, but it's, it's, and, and, but it's not necessarily like lazy and, it's not that, like you said, nuance. It's not that working hard is bad. It's not that being lazy is bad. But what I say, this is my, my, my saying that I think encompasses all of that, is just work smart. Yes. Like don't yes. work hard and stupid, just work smart. And sometimes working smart, you're going to work hard and sometimes you're going to be lazy. But it's not about working hard or being lazy. It's just about being smart. If you're being smart and like you said, systematizing things and making it convenient for you, but it's smartly convenient, not fast food convenient, for example, yes. then, yes. then you're going to have the outcomes you desire. So I, th I, I love that, man. That's, I think that's just great advice. Um, I think it's a great way to wrap it up. Um, I uh, appreciate you coming on. I know that you and I are going to talk more offline about handstands and other things. And so uh, I appreciate you, man. And uh, I, I wish you good luck um, in uh, being the stunt man. So you can be the guy that nobody actually knows who he is but they know it's not the actor. <laughs> right? Yeah. You or, get to be that guy. Like gangster, gangster number one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You get the guy, you're taking the shots of the head, you're getting beat up. Yeah. So I look yeah. forward to seeing you uh, succeed. And thank you again, John. Uh, thank you. This is really fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, man. All right, take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the Back to Basketball podcast. If you want to support this podcast, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes, subscribing, rating, and leaving a review for the podcast, as well as following us on social media. We thank you for your support and see you in the next episode.